Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Learning Insights, brought to you by Training Pros. When you have more projects than people, Training Pros can provide you with the right L&D consultant to start your project with confidence. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Learning Insights, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Training Pros. Without them, we could not be sharing these stories. Today on Learning Insights, we have Vanessa Black with Tanium. Welcome, Vanessa. Lee, thank you for inviting us to your show. Very happy to be here. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about Tanium. How are you serving folks? Yeah, great question. So Tanium is a technology company. We were founded in 2007 by David and Orion Hindawi. And the Tanium platform provides endpoint management and security built for the world's most demanding IT environments. So I'll get a little technical here, but our approach decentralizes data collection, aggregation, and distribution right down to the endpoint to deliver real-time visibility, comprehensive control, and rapid response. So just to give you a, a little bit of an example of, of who's using us, many of the world's largest and most sophisticated organizations, including half of the Fortune 100, top retailers, financial institutions, and all of the branches of the U.S. armed forces, they're relying on Tanium to make confident decisions, operate efficiently and effectively, and remain resilient against disruption. And then if you just think about the scope of these mission-critical organizations, the result is that through our technology, we're, we're safeguarding a way of life, and that's something we're really proud of. But Lee, to that end, our founders also recognized that one of the most um, important things besides just you know, putting technology forward is to build a company that at its core um, has a deep understanding of people, processes, and technologies um, in, in order to, to deliver the best product to our customers. So I, and I think that's probably why you asked us here today. Now, we've been, uh, the, yep, sorry, go ahead. Uh, can we talk about your role? Like, what is your role with the organization? You've got it. Head of people, programs, and engagement. And then what does that kind of mean uh, for the lay person? And every company has, I guess, somebody in charge of those type of things, but they all, you know, call it something a little different. But t tell us how Tanium uh, deals with people, programs, and engagement. Yeah, yeah. So our job, Lee, it's to create a high-purpose, connected environment where people do the best work of their careers. And that can show up in a lot of different ways. Like you said, most companies have, have roles and functions like this. But if a few of the ways that we think about it at Tanium, um, so a few examples, the launch of our company's global social impact program that we call Pledge 2%, the creation of a high-profile showcase of diverse leaders in our Tanium Unstoppable Speaker Series. We have volunteer time off for all employees, and every year we have an annual yearbook called Life at Tanium, but I guess it's not always earth-shattering stuff. So for example, right before hopping on here with you, we just had a virtual festive mixer for all of our employees. So the bottom line is we're interested in anything that makes for a magical employee experience and working collaboratively across the business to bring that to life. Well, um, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, and maybe we can help some other folks out there that are sure. listening in their own worlds and maybe are trying aspire to do some of the work that you guys are doing. Now, let's take that global social impact program, Pledge 2%. Talk mm -hmm. to me about how that idea first comes about, because I'm sure there was lots of choices of what initiatives to pursue. And then somehow you landed on this one. And then why did that resonate? And why was that something that you all decided to kind of put some attention to? 
Yeah, I'm so glad you asked because this is this one's near and dear to my heart. And I think the the really important thing and why we decided to put such an emphasis on giving back is, uh, you know, the the tech sector, generally speaking, we're doing pretty well. But the question is, how do you take that success and add a greater sense of purpose to it? So that's what was really important to us. We have, everyone has core values. We're unstoppable. We win as a team and we do the right thing. And this is a big part of us doing the right thing, taking our privileged position in tech and giving back to uh, the societies that we the, we work in, our communities, and um, something that we all feel great about. But when it came time to choose what initiative, like what were some of the things, you don't have to name the ones that didn't make it, but what was kind of the <laughs> thought process of, because you, sure. you could have picked anything, right? As long yeah. as it oh, fit kind of that umbrella of kind of social impact. Um, but you landed on, on that as the cause. How did um, kind of you narrow down? What was kind of the thinking and what was kind of the strategy behind that? So, so I'll give you, there's, there are a few parts. The first is I mentioned the program is Pledge 2%. And so as part of that, we, we have all our employees, 2% of their time dedicated toward giving back. So that's about uh, you know five, five days per year. And then we also pledge 2% of our profits annually to select organizations. And those select organizations, which I, I guess is probably part of the, the other part of your question, we, you know, it's not hard to just cut a check and, and mail it out to, you know, whichever organization. But what was important to us is that we were more than just philanthropic partners. And we actually spent a lot of time finding organizations where we had strategic and, and skill, skills-based synergies so that we could be partners, truly partners, and not just uh, supporters on, on the sidelines. So we work very, very closely with each of the partner organizations that we've selected. And it's been a couple of years since we launched the program. So I've been privileged to be able to see those relationships grow and those roots getting deeper and more of our employees feeling connected to each of their missions. Uh, we've been focusing a lot on creating opportunity through education. So that, that's a big part of our, our work. And um, yeah, I, I guess, did that answer your question? Sure. Uh, now, is this something that you um, kind of have a measurement associated with this? Like, how do you know that if it's working the way you'd like it to work? Well, there, there's lots of ways. I mean, I think, and probably lots of folks listening in on your call, there's, there are multiple stakeholders who you want to make sure that you're checking in really closely with. The first is obviously our employees. So we, we check in with them regularly through our engagement surveys and ask them point blank, like, how, how are you feeling about the way that our company is giving back? And people are really excited about it. Lee, if I could show you the Slack channel I have open right now, it's um, hashtag Tanium gives back. The outpouring of employee interest and activism in that space um, shows us that we're on the right track. And then on the flip side, when it comes to the partner organizations that we're with, I mentioned it's a relationship. So on, what was it, Tuesday night, I was in a late night meeting with one of our partners. And then tomorrow, I have a, a panel of folks from Tanium who are going to be part of a, a, a series for 
um, I guess I can name the organizations year up. It's an incredible organization and we're all going to be taking part tomorrow. So I think it's less of a check the box. Did we do good? And more of a relationship where we're always um, we're always checking to make sure that we're doing the right thing by by all of our stakeholders. Now, you mentioned earlier that part of the culture is you want uh, Tanium to be the place where people do their best work. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I would imagine that goes beyond the actual work that they're doing there, but to kind of work in the in the world uh, outside of the walls of Tanium, right? Sure. Now, um, now that the world has kind of uh, gone remote, has that changed anything or were you always a remote uh, organization? So we have we have around 1500 employees uh, around the world, 13 countries. And before I mean, let's call it March 10 months ago, before um, March of last year, around half of our employees were already working from home. But I I think it's a little bit more complicated um, than just being all remote right now. And so when we're thinking about it, you know, living through a global pandemic, the kind of the first and most important Thing that we've been thinking about is how to be incredibly supportive, empathetic, and tuned in to how our teammates are experiencing a, a tough year. You know, I think we'll get into what's a remote first workforce after the pandemic ends because we we certainly we've doubled down on our commitment to being remote first and our, we want our employees to have flexibility to live where they want and, and work however they're happiest and most productive. But we're still in that middle stage where, um, you know, it's it's been a tough year. And so we have things like um, lead all employee days off and programming for kids of Tanium because, you know, kids have become a mainstay in our Zoom meetings, uh, virtual yoga, virtual meditation, subscriptions for all our employees to, I'm not sure if you've heard of this, Calm. It's a meditation, you know, sure. helps you sleep, mindfulness app. Um, and then obviously a regular drumbeat of information that, you know, it, it's transparent, it's honest, it's to the point from our leadership team to take as much uncertainty out of the system as possible. And so that's been our first leg of the journey in terms of all being in this kind of forced all remote posture. And then do you find that um, by moving to this all remote uh, kind of workplace that a lot of companies are kind of navigating, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you find that the employees are giving each other a little more grace maybe than they had you know, pre-pandemic where people are, it's okay that their kids walk by or the dog kind of wanders into the frame and people are kind of kind of giving each other a little more slack in, in terms of um, kind of accepting that, hey, we're all in this together and this, we don't have to kind of be all business when it's business. Everything's kind of bleeding together. And yeah, well, the answer, yes. And I think there's something really special about that, that we I don't think we'll ever go back, you know, now that you've seen it, you've seen, um, you know, this executive sitting at their desk with a, you know, a dog barking and a kid on a kid on their lap. And it just, you get to see your coworkers and your team in a different way. And I think that the net of it is we all feel closer, more accountable for each other, more empathetic, um, And I think more focused on how not only can we help Tanium succeed and our customers succeed, but how we can help each other succeed. So that to me, if there's a silver lining in any of this, it's really getting the opportunity and our teams having the opportunity to come together like this. 
Now, have you had any kind of surprises in terms of um, just kind of the humanity of the surprise of, hey, look at how well we rose to the occasion here, or look at how much um, people are giving back and want to help in this area. Is there anything that's kind of surprised you as you kind of, as these initiatives kind of roll out? Well, it's funny, Lee, because what, when, I mean, everything was happening so fast, but one of my instincts was um, folks are probably feeling a little overwhelmed. Let's not push too much, too much extracurricular stuff out for them. And so each year we have this, uh, we call it our month of giving, and it is we all get together, um, team-based, and contribute to local organizations. So this is a little bit different from our Pledge 2%, which is kind of from the top super strategic. This is more grassroots. Our employees come together in groups. Um, and we all count the number of hours, we share out what we've done. And so we've done this annually. And I didn't know if people were going to have the energy for it this year. And I wondered if having, uh, you know, the risks of engaging with other organizations and other people in the pandemic would hamper some of the enthusiasm. But my gosh, I was blown away by how our team members came together. One, they sourced all of these incredible uh, remote volunteering opportunities. They got together and um, wrote letters to senior citizens' homes. They gave um, how to make a mask sewing classes uh, and put them all together and then shipped them off to different organizations. And even a couple of times, there was something that um, called Walk My Workday, where we just had a global virtual walkathon and everyone kind of pitched in and donated and then um, contributed to charity. But I guess to answer your question more specifically, what has amazed me is that unstoppable spirit and the desire to just keep giving even when it's tough and how folks will come together, even if it's not something that we've handed them on a silver platter, gosh, they're just doing it anyway, because it's, I think it's because it's part of who we are as a Tanium culture. Now, are you having a more difficult time kind of onboarding new people into the culture remotely, as opposed to when there was a mix of in-person and people can kind of look over someone's shoulder, sit in and um, kind of have those collisions, accidental collisions that happen when you are in person? Yeah, it, I and I think that's probably true across the board, but um, we're not doing it same old, same old. We've been really intentional around completely revamping our onboarding program so that it's it's much, obviously it's virtual, but much more interactive. Folks, when they join, get assigned a buddy. There's a cadence of how often they'll um, they'll meet up and check in. And then, of course, we have tons and tons of, they're optional, um, but they're there. Tons and tons of programming for our employees. So on, you know, any day of the week, if you wanted to get involved in something, and of course, it's screen to screen, so it doesn't quite give you that same feeling but lots of opportunities for people to get to know one another in that virtual setting. And a a lot of people, though, I'm sure are looking forward to the day when we can see each other in real life. But when they see people in real life, I don't think it's going to be like, hi, nice to meet you. It's going to be like, wow, we finally get to see each other in person. We certainly haven't lost that team and connection aspect. 
Now, are you finding that, um, like for mentorship that you're finding more people wanting mentors and mentees, yeah. uh, are, is there kind of more engagement in that area because people hunger for those kind of connections? Yeah. You're spot on there. I, I think what, what typically happened really organically, um, is now happening in a very much more intentional and structured way. So we, we have a Tanium mentorship program and guidelines. And I think previous, we didn't, we didn't launch it with the, the pandemic, but previously I think people took it as, um, well, it's here and, you know, I can take a look at it for pointers, but what we've seen are people really, um, adding that structure and rigor to the program, um, making sure that they have their meetup times, being really clear with their managers about their individual development goals and how they can achieve that through, uh, these really different times. And then, uh, we complement that with a, a ton of new learning and development opportunities for people, both on the leadership development side and also some just brand new, you know, we really need to be able to communicate effectively in a virtual world um, training courses. So the answer is yes, definitely yes. Now, um, how do you see things uh, when you forecast into next year? Uh, I guess you plan for you know, some version of, uh, at some point the pandemic will end or, and then there'll be a new, new normal. Um, right, right. How do you kind of plan for that when there are so many unknowns out there? I, so I don't know that there are so many unknowns anymore. I mean, we just got through, I mean, all of us, including, including you and your team, but I think we all deserve a little pat on the back for the last 10 months of our lives. But at some point, it's just going to go back to a world where, if we choose to, we could go back to normal. I don't think we will ever go back to normal. I think the Overton's window has shifted. And so the way that I think it will be different in the future, um, one, remote first doesn't mean everyone's remote, but it does mean that you build programs to support remote as the default way of working um, as the new normal. So that will be different, but it's certainly something that we're, we've already kind of put in place. Um, the big thing, I think, is the flexibility flexibility to center work around uh, supporting our team members with choice. So if I want to go into an office, I should do that. I can do it every day if I want to. If I want to go in one day a week, okay. If I want to pop around to different countries where we have an office and work in that office sometimes or work from a coffee shop sometimes, that's okay too. And I think flexibility is actually going to be the thing that takes us to the next phase of work more than anything else. It's the recognition that we can trust our employees to do the right thing and, and trust them to know the ways in which they're most productive, the ways in which they contribute best to our mission, and also allowing them to center their experience around their needs while still delivering on the, the things that are critical for their job roles. I think that will probably be the, the biggest change and I think biggest net benefit moving forward. And then, so you think that your employees could be anywhere in the world, really. And then as long as they're doing what they got to do, it's not going to matter as much. Like there isn't going to be that everybody's got to move to, you know, New York or Chicago or San Francisco in order to make this go. They can, you know, live in Omaha and they can be <laughs> just as good as anybody else that's in San Francisco. I mean, the future's here. And I don't know, Lee, if you read the news, we've actually moved our headquarters from the Bay Area to Kirkland, Washington, um, to allow us to tap into a part of the country that offers significant livability 
um, and flexibility in in favor of a positive business climate, amazing talent, um, and just a completely different pace of life. And we found, so one of the things that was really important to us, so this, you know, the pandemic, we keep talking about it, but when we realized just how well our team was working together, especially under these conditions, you know, you saw probably some big names make similar announcements, but we said, look, if you want to leave the Bay Area and go set up shop someplace else, we support you. We want you to do the thing that works best for you and your family. Um, and so I think, yeah, be where you want to be. And I think that is going to become, um, you know, we might be in a little bit of a downturn right now. I know Tanium's hiring like crazy, but when we get back to talking about that war for talent, which is kind of cliche, but we talk about it all the time. Uh, I think this is one of the things that is going to differentiate a forward thinking progressive company from people who are following a model that has been disproven as essential. We don't all need to be co-located, but I will say um, some savings that we'll have kind of inevitably on real estate, we'll be reinvesting that in some really amazing in-person uh, events, team building experiences. And I think we're all really looking forward to that. Right. I think I agree. I think that that's the future is kind of we're all leaning into this world is flat, though. And that means that people can be anywhere. And uh, as long as they're getting the job done and they're and you do mindfully kind of put in these initiatives that encourage getting together yeah. online or, or in real life and create those events that are memorable. That's what people are looking for. I mean, it, we hunger for in person, but it doesn't have to be every day. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, congratulations on all the success. Um, You mentioned the war on talent. So you're hiring, (laughs) I would imagine, pretty aggressively. Oh, my gosh. How do do people get your attention? Like, what kind of skills are you looking for right now? Well, so here... (laughs) I, I would love to give you a handful of things that we're looking for, but I will say kind of just the, the top of the line. Um, we look for people with, with three main things, intelligence, integrity, and passion. So those are the, the three big screens. Everything else, I mean, you know, we hope that you have the experience there. We, we hire based on job competencies, not just, you know, charisma, can you whiz by a question, but really looking for behavioral examples of a time where you demonstrated some of these core competencies for our business, but it's those three things, intelligence, integrity, and passion. And um, Lisa, we're hiring right now. We're hiring so much. It's making our collective head spin, but it's sales and go-to-market, partner development, channels and alliances, technical account management, software architects, technical writers, technical solutions engineers, technical sales engineers, cloud security engineers, software engineers. There are hundreds of roles like I just mentioned. So if anyone's listening to this and they're interested, um, our careers page has everything there. And I should add, um, we're already accepting applications for our summer 2021 internships. So that's something that we're really pleased to be offering as well. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success, Vanessa. And thank you for sharing your story today. That's great. Thank you so much for having us today. Now, the website uh, for the folks that want to get a hold of you or learn more about what's out, out there uh, at Tanium? Tanium, T-A-N-I-U-M dot com. All right. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. Yeah, it was great talking with you. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Learning Insights. And remember, this show could not be done without the support of our sponsor, Training Pros. Please support them so we can continue to share these important stories.
Thank you for listening. For more information about Training Pros, visit their website at training-pros.com.